0: Hello and welcome to the 21st edition of Joshin' Around. They say it takes 21 days to form a new habit, and I'm telling you, I hope this one sticks. So much better than smoking cigs or biting my fingernails. Making a fake internet radio show that reaches tens of people is one of the greatest things I've ever done truly never been happier. So, highly effective people, let's talk about habits. We've all sharpened our saw, right? So it's time to be proactive and put first things first. Today we're going to talk about breakfast, the first meal of the day, talk about what needs to be refrigerated, and maybe we'll discuss wives' tales. Yeah, let's talk about today with the end in mind. We're ready for a win-win situation when we all synergize here on today's Joshing around. Who came up with this 21 days to form a habit thing anyways? Apparently, it was Maxwell Maltz, a plastic surgeon operating in the 1950s. What he found was when he performed a nose job or gave someone a prosthetic arm or made any change to their bodies, it took them about 21 days to get used to this new apparatus, this new look. And he just took that and ran with it. And I guess society played a game of telephone people from Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, everybody started saying 21 days to form a new habit. Well, science seems to say otherwise. While some people can pick up new habits in 18 days, it takes other people up to 250 days, right? So keep at it. It's going to take you about two months to eight months to form a good habit or break a bad one. So best of luck to you. Stay at it. It can be done. I stopped smoking. I still bite my fingernails. but. I think I have a pretty good reason why that happens. One good habit to have is to get up and have a healthy breakfast every day. Remember the total commercials where they're like, you'd have to eat 17 bowls of honey bunches of oats to equal the vitamins and nutrients found in just one bowl of total? Get off my back, Total. Seriously though, that's an advertising technique called multiplying to the extremes. Try to get you to defy logic a little bit and accept their argument. As for me, I don't eat breakfast, just not my thing. I'm more like the old slim fast commercials. Have a healthy shake for breakfast, a shake for lunch, and then a sensible dinner. Except my shake is 15 cups of coffee. My sensible dinner's is a two pound steak, mac and cheese, and potatoes. Breakfast though, isn't a time-based meal. Technically it's whenever you break the fast. So if you haven't eaten until 12 p.m., then lunch is breakfast. If you haven't had a thing to eat till 7 p.m., then dinner is breakfast. Lunch and dinner though, time-based meals. So, with that in mind, I guess I eat breakfast every day. Look at me, highly effective habits. There's more meals out there than just breakfast, lunch, and dinner. For the past few years, brunch has been very popular. But now, with millennials getting older, there's a new trend on the rise, supper. So if you happen to see around the four to six o'clock hour, a whole bunch of hipsters eating al fresco around you, just remember, they're enjoying a nice supper. Let them be. Do you have a favorite meal? Please call in. Tell me more.
1: What's up, joshing around? Um, it's your girl, Angie Ray. I have different seasons, and right now I'm in the season of Tic Tac. Um, that means Tic Tac breakfast, Tic Tac lunch, and Tic Tac dinner. And sometimes I take out, take home a Tic Tac doggy bag. I'm on my white girl diet, meaning that I do not eat. Um, so... <laughs> Of course, I'm exaggerating, but I really am on a diet right now. So tic-tacs are like the maximum, um, you know, in a, in a perfect world. But thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for, so much for calling in, joshing around. And I look forward to hearing much more from you. All right. Have a blessed Sunday. Bye.
0: So what Angie and I just described is anorexia. And we're not here to laugh at eating disorders. Both of us need to get off our fat asses and eat some breakfast. My mom used to tell me when it came to breakfast, Angie, I'm so sorry, I I didn't mean to lump you into that, okay, just joshing around. My mom used to say, Moose, eat a piece of toast. That was always just get up and eat a piece of toast. I make my kids eat cereal like Seinfeld, but she demanded on toast. A lot of different things you can put on toast. Anybody have a favorite? While you are thinking about your favorite toasted bread spreadable, I reached out to an expert on the matter to find out exactly what we should be putting on toast. Let's hear more from DJ Jam.
2: In answer to your question, um, I do all different kinds of things on toast. Like, sometimes I'm in the mood to put butter on it, Um, so obviously when I'm finished with that, that goes back in the fridge. And I might be in the mood to have jam on the toast as well. So when I'm finished with that, that will go in the fridge. But lately, I have been putting peanut butter on toast. Um, so that goes in the pantry. When I'm finished with that, so... Yeah.
0: Whoa, I didn't see that coming. DJ Jam says put peanut butter on toast. Another interesting question got raised there, though. What needs to be refrigerated? The expert says jam goes in the fridge, so we'll leave it there. Thanks, DJ Jam. But butter, does that really need to be refrigerated? At my house, we leave it out, and it still keeps its rectangular shape. It doesn't congeal, and it's easy to spread. So really... Am I a risk taker? What do you leave
1: out? the around, what's going on bro? Uh, what needs to be refrigerated? I really don't refrigerate much of anything when it comes to condiments. I refrigerate. Mayonnaise, I usually don't. I may or may not refrigerate my ketchup and mustard. I know it says refrigerate after opening, but I usually don't because who likes cold ketchup? and mayonnaise, and every time I go in the restaurant, the ketchup and mayonnaise is just sitting out on the table. So, you know, I figure ketchup and mayonnaise, ketchup and mustard may not really be that important, the, the refrigeration with that. Syrup, I read somewhere, I can't remember where, but but the syrup doesn't expire, and I don't refrigerate that either. Because if it sits on the table, I hop all day, I figure it can sit on my table all day. I haven't died yet so
0: nobody wants cold ketchup but at a certain point in time somebody put it in the fridge and we've all just been following along with that advice just like 21 days for a new habit it's all
2: lies joshing around who's this yo yo joshing around this is maddie pace coming at you live from the maddie mo show the host with the most mojo baby I had a call in your episode Condiments, my friend, oh my goodness, I couldn't agree more. Sometimes I'm like, why am I putting this in the fridge just out of habit because of how I was raised with it? Because there comes a point where you got to stop and question things for yourself, you know? And I don't know about you, maybe you can clear this up for me. My uncle, my uncle Ricky, used to always put and still puts his coffee, coffee ground bags in the freezer. I asked him why he did that one time and he said it's because it keeps him fresher, but to me, I don't know. If it really makes that big of a difference, like coffee's coffee at the end of the day, and it's going to get heated up anyways, and it's not going to get bad if you keep it out, so I'm a little tossed up between that, and I'd like to actually hear your view in response to the coffee grounds, because man, have I been doing it wrong? Are K-Cups the same? I have no idea. This is Matty Pace. Get back to me, baby. Have a great day.
0: It's a frigid air conspiracy. Question everything. Refrigerate nothing.
3: Josh and Around Killjoy here, and your debate over to fridge or not to fridge uh, has reminded me of one of the most fascinating case studies I've ever read on the topic of Sunny Delight. I read case studies on Sunny Delight all the time, and this is an informative piece of information I think I need to relay. Uh, when Sunny Delight was first launched on the market, uh, and it was placed in its lovely orange plastic bottles. Uh, nobody bought this product. They set it next to the uh, the astronaut food there, Tang, and uh, nobody was picking up on it until one day some clever person put it inside a fridge. It had no reason to go into the fridge. It still has no reason to go into the fridge, but somebody put it in the fridge, and once they stuck it in this fridge and people had the perception that for some reason it was healthy because it needed to be kept cold, it started selling off the shelves. So, to fridge or not to fridge, Sonny D says, go ahead and fridge. Killjoy,
0: out. I love the call-ins that we get on this show because they add so much value. I also love them because we learn about each and every caller nearly every time. Let's play back just one particular line of that last call
3: joshing around killjoy here and your debate over to fridge or not to fridge uh, has reminded me of one of the most fascinating case studies i've ever read on the topic of sunny delight i read case studies on Sunny delight all the time and this is some informative piece of information i think i need to relay uh when sunny delight was first launched on the market uh, and it was placed in its lovely orange plastic bottles uh, nobody bought this product they set it next to the uh the astronaut food there tang and uh, nobody was picking up on it until one day some clever person put it inside a fridge it had no reason to go into the fridge it still has no reason to go into the fridge but somebody put it in the fridge and once they stuck it in this fridge and people had the perception that for some reason it was healthy because it needed to be kept cold it started selling off the shelves so to fridge or not to fridge sunny d says go ahead and fridge killjoy out
0: (laughs) all the time That's awesome. Do you remember the commercial where the kid's looking through the fridge for something for his friends to drink? And he's like, let's see, I got soda, juice, Sunny D, purple stuff. And the kid's like, Sunny D? But really, the question is, purple stuff? Now, your fascination with Sunny D reminds me of how fascinated I am with Little Debbie's Oatmeal Cream Pies, or OCPs as I call them. When you buy them from the grocery store, they're the perfect temperature, right around 72 degrees. Take one out right then. Before you pull it out of the packaging, just spank it one good time, and that will mush the cream and the pie together out of this world. One of the ingredients in OCPs is evaporated apples. I read this when I was a younger man and became enamored with this ingredient. So fascinated was I that I called Little Debbie more than a few times until I got to the bottom of it. They put evaporated apples in the oatmeal cream pie as a filler. So what happens is all the other apple companies come in and they take out the juice or they take some of the pulp and they're just left with this apple-ish type thing, tasteless, flavorless. So they mash it together with some sugar and some oatmeal. Little Debbie here as crafty as a Native American. Of course, I'm comparing Little Debbie to Native Americans because the Native Americans used all parts of the animal. They had no waste. Everything from the hooves to the skin to the meat, they used it all, similar to that of the American corporation. As much as we may put them down, these faceless, timeless creatures that exist among us, they don't leave a lot of waste. Everything is sold, even their hot water discharge, even their fog smog type waste is these days being turned into hipster vodka. It's true, I won't get into details unless you ask the question. That said, here's to you, Native Americans, corporations, and Little Debbie. May you all live in perpetuity. Another odd ingredient to be on the lookout for is something called ester of wood rosin. <laughs> yes, if you're ever drinking an orange soda, check the ingredients for this one. I don't know if it's in Shasta or Fanta, but I'm certain it's in Sunkist, maybe even high sea. So give a look to see if you might be drinking ester of wood rosin today. Mm, Sounds great. Killjoy mentioned Tang, very popular here on the Space Coast. When I was growing up, there wasn't a field trip we went to where we didn't try to get astronaut ice cream. That
2: doesn't need to be refrigerated.
0: There are some things in a refrigerator, though, that don't belong there at all. Have you seen these?
2: Yo, yo, joshing around, this is Maddie Pace coming at you live from the Maddie Mo Show, the host with the most mojo, baby, out to call of your episode? Condiments, my friend, oh my goodness, I couldn't agree more, sometimes I'm like, why am I putting this in the fridge, just out of habit, because of how I was raised with it? Because there comes a point where you gotta stop and question things for yourself, you know? And I don't know about you, maybe you can clear this up for me, my uncle, my uncle Ricky, used to always put, and still puts, his coffee, coffee ground bags, in the freezer... I asked him why he did that one time, and he said it's because it keeps him fresher, but to me, I don't know if it really makes that big of a difference, like coffee's coffee at the end of the day, and it's gonna get heated up anyways, and it's not gonna get bad if you keep it out, so I'm a little tossed up between that, and I'd like to actually hear your view in response to the coffee grounds, because man, have I been doing it wrong? Are K-Cups the same? I have no idea. This is Matty Pace. Get back to me, baby. Have a great day.
0: All jokes aside, I actually have a pretty good answer to this question. In college, a lot of my friends were baristas, so I'm well-versed on coffee. You know what? A few of them went on to become pharmacists, which I guess makes sense. Anyways, you want to store your coffee in an opaque container so no light gets to it. Ground coffee is going to go bad before whole bean coffee, so maybe get a grinder if freshness is important to you. I don't know about leaving it in the freezer, though. My mom used to do this, too. She bought that Javalia coffee, came through the mail with a coffee machine or a carafe, mom fell for a lot of schemes but that's a talk for another show what i want to know putting batteries in the fridge does that make a difference
1: then let's talk about these batteries i i'll give it when you said uh, putting batteries in the refrigerator because i do remember when i was younger when i was a kid my mom used to, all, used to tell me and my sisters my older sisters used to tell me to put batteries in the refrigerator not to make them last longer but they're saying they said it, it would like give them a charge when you, when the batteries were dead you stick them in the refrigerator for a couple hours or overnight and it give them some charge you can use them again I can't remember whether or not it actually works you know but yeah that's my take on the batteries I, I might stick some in the refrigerator to see what happens but I mean it's one of those things like how, what do we have that has batteries now, so it's not really a lot of opportunity for me to stick my half-dead batteries in the refrigerator, but I'm going to try. I don't
0: know if that works. This sounds like an old wives' tale. An old wives' tale often invoked to discourage certain behaviors, usually of children, or to share knowledge of folk cures for ailments ranging from toothaches to dysentery, right? <laughs> If only the folks on the Oregon Trail had known about these old wives' tales. Some of them worked, though. The other day, my beautiful young wife was having some champagne, didn't finish the bottle. She said, I heard if you just put a spoon handle down into the bottle, it will keep it carbonated. Well, guess what? She pulled it out a few days later, and it was still bubbly as day one. Maybe these wives are onto something. You're listening to Ambient Noise on Anchor.fm. Speaking of my beautiful wife, I don't think she listens to the show anymore, which means I no longer have to walk on eggshells. Not that I've done anything wrong, nor would I, because I adhere to rule number one, happy wife, happy life. So if she was like, Josh, nix the show, I would have been like, y'all, bye. So we got to have a great Ambient Noise segment and... I had to make a tongue-in-cheek reference to eggshells, but something had to be done with the egg I used for all that, right? I'm such a cheapskate that I cracked it in a glass, and then not being necessarily Cool Hand Luke, I poured a little milk in there before I drank it. So let's call me, I don't know, Neat Leg Josh. (sighs) That was bad. I just wanted to tell you that I drank an egg like Rocky. Hardcore. Breakfast had. The fast has been broken, And with it, we've reached the end of the 21st episode of Joshin' Around. I hope you stay at it with your highly effective habits. It's roundabout supper time, so we all need to chill out a little bit. But remember what we talked about. Ketchup stays out of the fridge, so do batteries, and coffee. Thanks for all your call-ins. This week on Joshin' Around should be a great time. And we'll end it on Friday when we have a special guest, anchor superstar, Ant Capone. Thank you, everyone, for joining me. Who knows what we'll get into the next time we all start joshing around.